Okay, now we're going to be people. You ready? I'm be ready to be a person. I am. <laughs> this is where it I'm starts. A podcast. I'm a podcast. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. It's your host, Natalia. Once again, I still have that darn cold because um, I don't believe in summer colds, but here I am proving the impossible. Um, but I am here today with dear friend Maggie Jeffries, who is pretty darn fabulous. Maggie and I worked together when I was working in a retail, um, and then I decided I liked her and would keep her around as a friend, and here we are to this day. I'm glad you you should be. It's far and few in between that I keep, but you, I was like, ah, she'll make the top cut. Um, she is also a dear friend of our other host, Grace, um, and so it's great to have her on here and talking about her perspective. Uh, so Maggie, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, hi. I am Maggie. I am, like Natalia said, we met when we were working in retail, so I'm still doing that gig. I also work um, as an intern at a nonprofit in DC because everyone does that in DC. The, so. This is the episode where I get to voice my frustrations <laughs> about the indentured servitude that is unpaid internships. That is exactly what it is. Um, <laughs> and I'm becoming quite a professional at it because this is, you know, number five, not necessarily in DC, but in my lifetime. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I'm very into women's rights, gender equality, all of that good stuff. And uh, so, yeah, I'm excited to chat today. So take me back. You said you were, well, I know this, but the listeners at home don't. Um, You're interested in, like, gender equality and women's rights. So where did that stem from? Uh, So my mom is a women's health professional. She's a certified nurse midwife. Mm -hmm. and Just got her PhD, right? She did. She's now Dr. Mama. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Is that the official title that they... I think it's Mama PhD. Actually, she doesn't want to. She works in an office with like medical doctors, and so she wants to be distinguished between, between them. So um, yeah, so she's um, and she's she's just an all around badass lady. So um, I think growing up with her influence of like learning about like women's health and like reproductive stuff from like a very early age, and, like how that influences like all of gender equality. I think it was a big influence into wanting to like just pursue that as a career (laughs) um generally so yeah and so you went on to major in like women gender studies or um my major in college was actually history and religion studies Um, I didn't know you did history I how am I just finding this out I did history okay continue (laughs) um yeah that was my fun extra one because of AP credits. That's, yes, I understand. (laughs) But, um, and then my master's is in gender and peace building. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of the focus from there. And you said that you had been doing this intern shtick for a while now. (laughs) Yeah. So that's something kind of, I've been realizing lately I'm 30 and I have other than retail jobs and working as a lifeguard or like 
swim instructor. (laughs) I have never actually been paid for the work that I do. Um, And it's, and the frustrating thing about internships and like volunteer work even is like, you're actually working a job part of the time. Yeah. Like you're actually producing work and like doing things for an organization. And yet you're not actually being paid for it. And so I think that that's like, my frustration at this point is being a 30 year old who's never been you know in this capitalist system properly valued for the work that I do and you're doing like real things because when I met you you were doing this fellowship right mm-hmm. I thought you were getting paid a little bit for that I was getting a stipend a stip- of like which is also it's some fake money yeah it's like oh that will cover half of my groceries for the month thanks yeah thank you so much <laughs> I can buy eggs twice now um But yeah, I feel like that's something that also doesn't get talked about. And how do you feel like, I don't know, what do you feel like is setting you back from that? Because I don't fully know how to break that cycle. And like, looking at you, who someone is like pretty, just pretty awesome. Because she is. Um, And like, knowing I met you doing internships, and you're still doing that kind of Or do you feel like it's, like, you're scared to take the risk of, like, what if you just quit everything and just, like, apply for jobs, you know? Yeah. Do you worry about that, or what is that like for you? Yeah, so I think that that's... I think I've continued to do part-time internships in the space that I want to be in, like, gender mm-hmm. equality work, because I think, number one, for, like, mental health, like, I know <laughs> that, like, if I was not doing that and, like, just working my retail job, it would be... Um, it, it would really hurt my mental health, but I'm actually, I think, hitting a breaking point right now where I'm exhausted because I've been doing this for almost two years and like I recognize that like I'm not learning anything anymore Mm -hmm. at these internships I'm not being challenged um because they just don't tend to give you and they really it's it's so frustrating because it really is like there's no acknowledgement of like prior expertise Mm -hmm. a lot of times um some people at my current internship are better about that they like will pull me into things being like I know you know this so that's nice and helpful but I'm just not necessarily learning anything. So um, I'm hitting this breaking point where now I am ready to start to just like maybe cut out the part-time stuff and like just do retail and apply for jobs. Mm -hmm. But it is like really scary to like not being in the space where you want to be because it's like, I think in this like, particularly in our society, it's like if you're not always progressing or like product or, you know, producing, you're not like valuable. So it's like, it is a scary thing. So Um, But other than that, like, holding me back, I think, in terms of, like, where I'm at right now, I think it's, like, just little skill sets, and that's what's really frustrating is, like, not having necessarily, like, extra languages or, like, for me, wanting to do more international development work, like, not having a specific regional focus and Mm -hmm. um, having this expertise in, like, gender um, analysis or mainstreaming or whatever you want to call it doesn't necessarily... Um, translate into entry-level jobs. <laughs> so that's the trick. <laughs> Which is like, to me, it's wild because I feel like gender studies is a focus topic. But now I feel like it's like you have to have gender studies and like in Western Africa. Yeah. Which is like so specific. And I think it's so, I don't know, I, for me, when I see qualifications, even for entry-level jobs, it's like, need to know this language have like six years of experience plus we want your firstborn child like <laughs> I don't understand like how I'm supposed to compete with that because I yeah. can't get that experience if you don't hire me at these entry-level jobs right 
to get to the higher jobs, but you won't hire me at the entry level job because I don't have entry level job experience. But I'm like, but that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So I feel like I'm finding that as well. And do you feel like your retail job has helped you stay sane or do you think it's the part-time internships that are kind of helping you stay sane through this period? That's a good question. (laughs) I think that up until this point, it's been good to have the part-time job. Like, that has helped sort of keep me focused and, like, excited. Um, Hitting this space now where I'm, like, not feeling challenged or, like, I'm learning has been, I think, has started to, like, flip the switch in terms of, like, now I'm, like, ugh. Um, I think the the retail job is just nice because it, you know, it's mindless at that, you know, at certain points. And so, like, it's a good place to go. And there's, you know, people that I like there Mm -hmm. and, like, I know that, like, at the end of the day, it's going to pay my bills. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which Definitely. is helpful for mental health. So. Always paying bills. Because I, I, I was like like you. Like, I've done, I've done retail since I started working when I was 16. And I've, you know, worked in restaurants. It's so funny because old roommates of mine would make fun of me. Like, tell you, why is it whenever we mention a place, you're like, oh, I work there. <laughs> and I was like, you don't understand. <laughs> I'm always, because I'm always, like, worried about not paying my bills and it's it's weird to say and this is definitely not for everybody but like I I remember when I left the retail job that we met at mm-hmm. I was like terrified because I was like I'm at this I had an internship and it paid me fake money um <laughs> as I call it because it definitely I mean it barely covered transportation which is so sad yeah um and and as much as I, I loved I loved working there mm-hmm. um which is like world vision which is as my as like our listeners know um and then I I kind of went in with the sense of like here's the thing I'm here for a J-O-B at the end of this three months um and I kind of worked my way into like them basically creating like a consultancy position like a part-time consultancy position for me um which has been really awesome Mm -hmm. I'm still definitely not getting paid as much as I should and Mm -hmm. with that it's also not my only job and but I had made the decision like oh I'm not going to go back to retail yeah so now I'm working in a job that's in my field in title only but it's not like specifically what I want to do do you feel like you'd be willing to do that um yeah and I think I've you know it would have to be the right fit at this point Mm -hmm. I think I'm hitting a space where I've kind of done that in certain different ways Mm -hmm. and like I'm so ready (laughs) to like have a job and have like a place to go and like work to do and like feel like I'm making a difference because even when you have an internship or something Mm -hmm. it's like at the end of the day like you don't get acknowledged for that work like I can make like the other day I was making slides for this presentation that will be done in Argentina no one's going to know that I did that Mm -hmm. and like there's never going to be any like acknowledgement that I did it and it's and yeah frustrating so um but yeah I mean it would have to be the right fit I think in terms of that and like for everything I think it's that same sort of thing like you have to find the right fit to make it make it worth it do you feel like as a 30 year old woman do you feel (laughs) you don't see it but Maggie's doing like a little dance and like I'm 30 flirty and fun um but do you feel like I don't know, that you have failed in a way. Not saying, like, I think you failed, but I, me, as, like, almost 24, I feel like I failed. So, like, I I can only imagine what 
you feel like, even though it's not true. No. Yeah, yeah no, that's, um, that's really, I think, something I struggle with because I look at friends of mine who I graduated with, mm-hmm. um, almost all of them at this point have been married, bought houses, are starting to have kids, and, like, for me, like, that idea of life is not necessarily what I want to, where I want to be, mm-hmm. but, like... Something happened when I turned 30 in terms of, like, looking to the future in a way that I never used to. You started getting that IRA. <laughs> like, like, ooh, is this a good down payment? On a- <laughs> it wasn't that bad. But it was like, I was like, well, I need to, like, have money for when I'm an old lady. Like, all of a sudden, I was like, now I need to think about that. So, like, traditional path, I guess, of, like, house family kids. Yeah. Like, that's not necessarily where I want to be, but... I I think, like, the stability of it is yeah. something that has um, started to creep in a bit more. And, like, I, so I don't, I don't necessarily feel like I feel, but I think I'm starting to get anxious in yeah. terms of that. Um, because I know that, like, at the end of the day, like, I think about it, too. Like, I know that I, I'm excited because where my friends have been already working their jobs for almost, almost 10 years. <laughs> um and, like, to me, that seems like then you have another 50 years of working the same job. Yeah. Um, I'm excited in a space where, like, I know that, like, I still have, like, more time to, like, develop and mm-hmm. change that. And um, so that's cool. But, like, overall, there is a creeping anxiety <laughs> Jeez, not that. wanting to be a homeless old lady. <laughs> Dude, it's so real. I was, like, looking at, you know, grad school is, like, ending. Oh, this- yeah you know, this coming year so yeah. last year and I'm like, here's the thing, I need a real job that will pay this DC rent. Yeah. Because these loans don't come <laughs> after you <laughs> And I'm like, how am I gonna do that? Yeah. Um, do you feel like that anxiety comes from you or does it come like externally? Like I, I know I feel like a lot of family pressure. Yeah. To be like, where's the job, the stability? My mom has given me a seven year limit now on I need to be married and have kids oh, and then so okay. I was like mm, that's cute mom but you know not gonna happen but it's fine turn <laughs> okay. thank you you feel like seven years is very soon like I it feels very soon I mean like you might meet someone it would be like at least a year before you like get comfortable with that like that that's like that's a fast time track <laughs> just, right seven years like it doesn't sound like it's a short but I feel like because in seven years, I will be 31. Yeah. And that sounds very close. <laughs> because I feel very close in age to you. <laughs> and you were one year younger than my end point is. So do you feel like you have like this outside pressure? Or is it just like an internal thing? For me, I think it's much more internal. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really lucky. My parents are super supportive. Um Perhaps to a fault at this point. <laughs> They're just letting me do my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, I mean, it's great. And so I don't have that pressure. And, like, we're a very close, open family. So, like, they know that, like, I'm not rushing to do any of the other stuff. And so they, there's no, like, pressure. There's been, like, slight comments from my dad about how much he envies his friends for their grandbabies. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just not happening. Um, for me, it's much more internal because I feel like, Maybe it's my Capricorn. I don't know. But, like, I feel like I'm, like... <laughs> Maybe it's my Capricorn. Yes. We always want to be the best. Um, which I don't also think is true. But, anyway. It's, like, my internal, like, needing to feel stable and, mm-hmm. like, 
productive and like I'm making a mark on something. Mm. So yeah. what was the internship? Was there like an internship where you're like, okay, this is the one that's going to give me the job and then it like <laughs> let you down. Um, so my fellowship last year kept doing that mm-hmm. and like, it was probably my naivete of like what DC nonprofits yeah. are actually capable of. Um, but I had kind of a terrible boss there. Um, mm-hmm. And she, I hope, doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> Not that I don't want you to have <laughs> listeners, but. You want a lot of the guys, rate, review, and prescribe. But she just, aside from like not being a supportive, person Mm -hmm. I mean it's a fellowship so there's some expectation that you know a little bit more about what you're doing but you're still like in a new space and um, there's no real support there and then on top of that she just very much was continuously leading me on in terms of a job so Mm -hmm. every three months when I would talk to her about like continuing she'd say oh yeah like in three months like we can have a conversation we can you know like and it's just like it went on for a year yeah and I did so I did get in terms of my never being paid I did get paid for eight hours a week for two months (laughs) at a decent you know very DC hourly consultant rate yeah but eight hours a week for two months does not add up for very much so um so yeah so that was I think a real frustration, but the work that I was doing was, has really, I think made a mark on me in terms of like wanting to work with networks of women or gender equality advocates, whatever they are, (laughs) men, women, gender queer, whoever you are, those networks, I think are really amazing. And I think it's something that working in that has made me realize how large a like global feminist movement is happening and so it's like really to like think back to that work that I was doing even Mm -hmm. if it wasn't in like a supportive environment to think like oh like (laughs) there are these other people I'm not like yeah just we're not out here on our own like (laughs) it's a whole thing so do you feel like um I know you talked about your friends that are like getting married and having kids and all that jazz and they've been working at these jobs for like a long time. Do you feel like it was, this is a more at home thing or do you feel that pressure from here? Cause I feel like when I moved here, mm-hmm. there was a lot more people in the same space or at least a similar space to where I am. Mm-hmm. And so that made me feel a little bit more comfortable or are you finding the opposite? Um, I think, yeah, I think, there is more space for it here, I think, because it is a more metropolitan kind of like at this point millennial <laughs> kind the of town. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that there is more space to sort of like work outside those traditional mm-hmm. um, sort of goals and um, timelines for what people live their life as. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think, but I think it also puts pressure on like wanting to succeed in a certain Mm -hmm. way too like it takes pressure off of like the traditional path so I'm wondering do you feel like you're at a space where it's like if I keep taking these internships people are going to only think I can be an intern because like I have that fear yeah you know I think yeah I think at this point that's why I'm like ready to sort of back off from that because I I think you know especially working this summer with the cohort of interns who came in for summer internships it's mm-hmm. like a very specific group of <laughs> young women um at my organization and so 
I mean, half of them aren't even 21. And so... What? Really? Yeah. <laughs> and so I think it was a little bit of like a... I can't be hanging out with this crowd. Like, I just... Y'all are great. <laughs> Smart, wonderful women. But um, it's definitely a little bit of a... It hurts a little bit to be still <laughs> working with that. Like, because basically what the internships are for those women is like learning how to be a professional in an office yeah. and you're, you know, and so I'm, I'm past that. I know how to, you know, send an email <laughs> with the correct signature, you know? So I think that that's, you know, I'm definitely ready to not be an intern in that, in that capacity yeah. anymore. No, that's true. Cause I feel like, I don't know. I'm worried about being stuck. Even though I'm not interning right now, and I'm like working, but there's still not full time mm-hmm. hustles. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, how do I get to that full time hustle? Yeah. Versus just staying here for the rest of my life. Cause that's how, no, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, I feel like you're gonna be in this place forever. You're just waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. It's like, how. Yeah. Do I network enough? Do I talk to enough people? Do I, which also networking, I don't, it's, I don't know. I just don't know. Yeah. What has been your like worst networking experience? <laughs> I want to hear like your worst hmm. Maggie, like spilled a drink on the president <laughs> of some company. She's um, blacklisted. <laughs> no, I, for me, it's just, like, going – I've gone to a couple of those, like, career fair kind of things. Yeah. And they are just so overwhelming. And, like, mm-hmm. I, I get in there, and I, I've been there, I've been able to, like, hang for, like, maybe 40 minutes, and I'm just, like, I'm out. Like, I can't wait in line and beg for jobs like all these other people. Like, I just can't do it. Mm-hmm. Like, I get that, like – because at certain points, like, you're not even, like, meeting people who are going to be helpful. Like, yeah. Like, you're just – like they're like trying to like convince this recruiter who's already talked to probably 300 other people that like you're for some reason like one that's gonna stand out yeah (laughs) um and so it's just it's not like those are like my worst nightmare like I can't do that I've had some pretty good success like chatting with people after events Mm -hmm. um because for me that like one-on-one thing is a little bit more and like yeah particularly if you can like make like a connection to something they said. I just like recently I just met a guy after an event that was like the most exciting event I've been to in DC. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like talking about women, peace and security and youth, peace and security and like their intersections. And it Ooh, was like, what event is this? It is was really annual? cool. <laughs> it was just like a panel and it was really cool, but it was like the first time that I had felt like a progressive conversation had happened in DC. So I like made sure that I like asked a question of this one guy who had made some like really good points. And so I like asked a question that was like related to him mostly. And then I made sure to go up and talk to him afterwards. But, and I've done that at a couple other events and that's like terrifying in a lot of ways. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But it's also like, I think those are the most successful things that I've done so far. So I agree. I feel like, so yesterday, was it yesterday? I don't even know what day today is. Tuesday, (laughs) someday. Um, I met with a woman who I met when I was working at, um, I worked at White House Black Market and Mm -hmm. it's like this, it's like this fabulous little boutique. (laughs) 
dress shop. It was also, that's not where me and Maggie met um, <laughs> because I always worked multiple hustles. Um, <laughs> so I worked there and I met her because she was one of my clients and she'd come in and so she had shopped with me um, for a couple hours and I found out what she did mm-hmm. and where she worked. And I was like, you sound so rad. Yeah. Um, and so I got her contact information. I reached out to her. And mind you, it's taken us like a couple months, I feel like, to set up this. Yeah. I mean, but she didn't forget about me. Yeah. Which was so lovely. And I think it also helped that I was with her for like two hours helping <laughs> her buy clothes because that's everybody's dream. Mm-hmm. But I think that personal connection, like when I'm able to do that, it's so much better. And I, yeah. And she's so lovely and so sweet. And it was such a joy to just like talk to her and like open up. And, the fact that like it took us a little bit to even get to this meeting, mm-hmm. but she didn't forget about me has been yeah. I don't know. Those are that's where my biggest successes. Yeah, that's a tip and trick, guys. <laughs> Just make that personal connection. Hashtag persevere. <laughs> persevere. It's my like, mom and I do that all the time. <laughs> is that your is that your mom code? Is that <laughs> hashtag persevere? It's it's hard because <clears throat> I don't know. I feel like that's when I make the best connections, mm-hmm. but I'm also I feel like I'm bothering people. Yeah. I think that that's the fear that I have. But I think at the end of the day, most people are happy to help. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. And, like, that's the feedback that I've gotten from everybody is, like, don't worry about it. Like, you know, like, don't necessarily send them an email, like, every day. But, like, you know, like, follow up with people. And, like, there's a woman who I met at an event. And she's actually the director of gender for um, a big like organization here in DC. And so I have like made sure that like I've stayed in touch with her and she sees me at events and she doesn't necessarily know who I am, but she like recognizes after I'm like friendly with her that she does know me. And then she's like, Oh, it's this person. Like we should follow up. We should get coffee. We should catch up. And so I think it is like just making sure you like, you know, have those little connections. And and I think it's helpful too. And this is going to sound silly, but as like an ego boost, when you do have those like little connections and you're able to sit down and these people look at what you've done and like, cause I think for me, one of my biggest things is feeling like I haven't actually done anything. Oh yeah. Oh yes. That imposter syndrome. (laughs) Um, and so, but like having like a person like her, who's, you know, this gender director for this organization and looking at what I've done and being like, yeah, you, you're underselling yourself. Mm -hmm. Like you should be saying these things and like, is really helpful and like even if you're not going to get a job from that person or like have some other connection like having just someone tell you that you're like <laughs> worthwhile I think yeah. it's sometimes just that's all it's going to be that's like enough <laughs> that's not because sometimes you're like you really do need those words of affirmation when you're like sent in 30,000 resumes and written like 10,000 cover letters because I don't believe in cover letters <laughs> I just uh I think my heart hurts so much I agree with you because some of it, so I was at the stabilization symposium mm-hmm. um, that was just held at GW, and it was also with like peace builders and um, stabilization ex- experts, mm-hmm. um, and we had a lot of government people there. And the, some of the women that I met, because was like they would be really awesome to come on the show. Spoiler: We're hoping to get some of them on the show. <laughs> um, but the fact that like I was able to go up to them, and I, you know, what I felt really embarrassed about the fact that I don't have a business card. <laughs> I went to what is that Vista print or whatever and printed a whole bunch of them and I've forgotten to take them every time (laughs) I go somewhere so I have like 500 business cards that are just sitting there sitting there I don't think I got them I mean 
if you want to cross out your name and write my name, it's fine. Um, so I don't have to spend They're money. They're cute. <laughs> They're teal. Because I'm also like, so what I've read about business cards, it's like, you want them to stand out. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't have standout money. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Because, like, it adds up. And you're just like, why am I spending $50 on these on these business cards? And Because I don't want it to be flimsy because I want them to, like, remember who I am. So I was, like, writing my name mm-hmm. on, like, pieces of paper I ripped out of my notebook. And I was like, this is wild and I have to get it together. <laughs> but what I felt good about was two of the women – that I talked to actually didn't have business cards either with mm. them. Like with yeah. them, uh-huh. they have them because they're real women. Um, but <laughs> they're professional. Yeah, they're professional ladies who like you know do real things. But it just it it made me feel better <laughs> that they also had to write their information on like slips of paper. And I was like, ah, oh, thank God, someone understands. Yeah. <laughs> um, but their titles are just wild. Yeah. And the fact that like I can like access you <laughs> is. So crazy. So, yeah. I mean, I I think the biggest thing for me that I've learned since being down here is it never hurts to ask, even yeah. if you feel like that person is widely out of your reach. Totally. Because that has happened to me a lot, and they've gotten back to me, which is also wild. I'm like, how is it? I just assume yeah. that you're, like, this <laughs> ethereal being that's yeah. just, like, out there wisping in the wind. Yeah. Um, yeah, I found that really interesting. And yeah. how do you do with happy hours? You know, I haven't been to networking happy hours, mm. and I think it's because I do work evening shifts yeah. more, that whenever they happen, I'm like, well, I'm working, so, so okay. <laughs> I'm not going to be there. I don't know. I So I, there was one happy hour after an event, like I worked at this, I volunteered for this event for three days, and they had like a happy hour at the end of it. And again, that was too overwhelming. There were too <laughs> many people. <laughs> I guess I'm just not good with crowds. I don't know. Um, so I think that that's like, for me, I don't know if that's necessarily my... I agree. I, I also just like to drink, so maybe I get too drunk, and then I'm like, hey, <laughs> hey everybody. Hire me. Um, I will not reference your Halloween party. <laughs> I was so happy. Um, it was a fun party. Uh, good time. Good time on the patio. Uh, but I, I agree, because, like, also, here's the thing. If I, I can't go to those events, like, by myself. Yeah. And it's, like, weird, because, like, if you don't go by yourself, you're supposed to meet other people. Then you don't want to like leave your friend <laughs> and you're, you don't want your friend to leave you, but you need to do it so you can talk to people. And it's, it's just this all back and forth. And also like, I'm not out here to spend $15 on a drink No, yeah, and f- to get a job. Cause if I'm here, I don't have a job. So why am I spending $15 on a drink? And it happens. I feel like it just happens way too often where it's, the, ha- the networking happy hours are just a lot of people who want jobs. Yeah. <laughs> not- yes. It's never like I'm the person that has like three positions open. Yeah. Come hang out with me. Come chat with me. It's always like all of us are in the same boat trying to move on. I'm like, and what is the point of this? We could have all just been at home yeah. instead of group text. Yeah. <laughs> being like, I need a job. That's actually what we should start in D.C., yeah. the group text. The group text. The group text all of all the intern job, job seeker people, human beings type. <laughs> type humans yeah I know you're like in this space of like I don't want to be an intern anymore but do you feel like even with this current internship that you are getting something are you grateful for it are you yeah definitely I think what I'm most grateful for is that it's it's a really supportive space Mm -hmm. all the people who I work with recognize that it's a really crappy place to be in to be job seeking and so they're 
And I think it's a juxtaposition from where I was previously in that they weren't very supportive of a job hunt. (laughs) And um, now this place is. And so I can go to any of them Mm -hmm. and just say, like, do you have any connections at this place? I've applied here. I saw you had this friend on LinkedIn. Do you actually know this person? Can you send them a message? Um, That kind of stuff. And so, and like even one of the women who I work with, she's wonderful. And I had seen that she was connected to this person on LinkedIn for for this one job. And she was like, I don't actually know her, but we're like connected through like Ethiopian circles. So like, (laughs) let me reach out to her. And she like sent this woman, like a random woman, an email Mm -hmm. and was like, hey, I have this great intern. Like, and that woman was super helpful too. So I think it's, you know, I think, being in this place, is, I'm really grateful for the support that they've, like, given because it's, yeah. it's helpful. I find, I don't know if you found this here, at least, but I have found the women that I've met here to be incredibly supportive. Mm-hmm. Like, incredibly, like, to, to a fault. <laughs> like, no, but really, like, they're, they're, like, send me your resume or, like, if I just, I know my mentors, like, just look through my LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's like, pick out women. Just literally look through it. Pick out women that you want me to, and I will introduce you to a bunch. She's, um, she's got back in the country. Well, not this country because she's based in Sweden. Because of course she is. Um, to and uh, she's saying that you know she's like, I just got back. I will introduce you to all these bunch of women because she knows I'm doing mm-hmm. this podcast and I want to talk to a bunch of different ladies and and um, yeah. And she's like, these women are kicking butt and I'm just like how is it I don't know I don't know if there's that like unspoken nod thing (laughs) like we understand we got you we We understand these men out here ain't trying to help nobody (laughs) so we gonna do what we can and I I don't know if you've had a mentor since you've been here or if you currently have one maybe that's not here that has really helped you in your Mm -hmm. space and can you talk a little bit about that so that's something that I've really I want. <laughs> I don't. I don't feel like I've ever really had a mentor. Mm-hmm. The first besides your mom, besides my mom, and I think so. This is kind of like an aside to that. My when I was home celebrating my mom's PhD, mm-hmm. um, we met her new colleagues. These two other women who are going to yeah. be midwives with her, and one of them is a woman that she has li- like literally mentored. Like she has mm-hmm. brought her through the whole process of training to be a midwife. And, like, seeing the connection that they had, it was, like, I wasn't jealous of her as, like, my mother's daughter. I was jealous yeah. of her as, like, I want that with a woman. Like, I want to sit there and, like, know that, like, this woman is going to, like, bring her own olives to a bar to put in her martini and just find that endearing and wonderful. And, like, but, like, have that connection with somebody and, yeah. like just to see the way that she interacted with my mom and, like, that connection that they had and, like, just... And the fact that she was, like, clearly, like, incredibly impressed by my mom. Yeah. And, like, wants to be like her. Like, I want somebody that I want to be like. Yeah. (laughs) I think in the first internship I ever did in D.C., which was, like, I don't know, six years ago or something, seven years ago, um, I worked for a domestic violence resource um, project. and. Mm -hmm. Um, the woman who I worked with there was incredibly supportive and wonderful. And I don't necessarily consider her a mentor. We've kept in touch, um, because like our paths are different at this point. She's very much more like working as like a, um, domestic violence, like services person. Mm -hmm. And I don't necessarily want to go the service delivery route, but had I been able to stay in DC and work there again, another place that couldn't hire because of (laughs) funding, um, at least nonprofits are hell yeah. 
I tell you. Um, I think she and I would have been able to connect quite a bit more, but I think just with time and distance, it hasn't worked, unfortunately. But um, that is something that I really want. And, like, I I don't know if it's, like, my personality that's, like, hard for me to, like, cozy up to people <laughs> and, like, create those things. And, like, I, there's a few people at work now at my internship who I feel like I could mm-hmm. sort of try to, like, cultivate that relationship. But they're also super busy and, like... <laughs> I feel like, I don't know, my mentor is super busy, mm-hmm. but I feel like you make time for things that are important. I feel like if you, I feel like if we go up to them and are like, hey, yeah. I really want this, yeah. can you, you know? And I feel like they're willing to, mm-hmm. weirdly. I I don't know what it is, but I feel like when people, particularly the women I've met down here, like going up to them and being like, hey, mm-hmm. I really want this, they kind of see that and I feel like they kind of recognize like, dude, I understand, because yeah. I really wanted it, too. Kind of thing, yeah. and they're, like, willing to willing to help. So you hear it, heard it here first, people. Maggie um, wants a mentor. Yeah. So Applications so are open. <laughs> send it to our email. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I do understand what you're saying, because it is, like, a – it is a bond, because I know that my mentor, she's just fabulous. Mm-hmm. And even though she's, like, not in the country, she did come here to visit – uh, she had it. She, I mean, she had to be here. Um, it wasn't like I'm gonna fly across the world. I mean, I am pretty fabulous, but that's besides the point. Um, but and we and I did get to meet her in person, and it was so great because I was really nervous about meeting her in person. Yeah. So I was like, I've only ever talked to to you through Skype, and <laughs> it's very strange now that we're like in this. We were we went to Kramer's books, <laughs> just like sitting down. Um, but yeah, but it's and but it felt good. You know, and like she wanted to hear about what I was doing and wanted to hear about me and yeah. um, and that interest is is really powerful. Yeah. Um, and I find it really, really interesting. And so you've been here for six years? No, no. So I lived here for like a summer. Mm-hmm. I did like a summer internship at the domestic violence resource project and then moved to Colorado for two years and then bounced around for a bit. And then now you're back here yeah. for the yeah. past like two years. Yeah, well, it'll be two years in October. Did we get here around the same time? Um, you got here a couple months before me. Yeah, my two-year year anniversary is going to be in following April. April, yeah. Yeah, so that's, yeah, this this place, man. It's just, <laughs> it's just wild. Do you ever feel yeah. about, like, throwing in the towel and kind of going corporate? Not necessarily that. I think throwing in the towel and looking for a different location. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but... I also just, like, really like D.C., Mm -hmm. um, so I'm kind of struggling with that. I feel like it might be easier to get a job somewhere else, Mm -hmm. but I'm committed for now to trying to do this. I don't know what going corporate would look like for me. I don't know (laughs) what that would look like. What does corporate look like? I know, so. I don't know. A lot of those big companies now are getting those, like, um, like gender consultants, advisor people now, Mm -hmm. so I feel like. If you wanted to go into that space, it's true. I could just call up Facebook. Need <laughs> a gender consultant because you do, because you do. Okay. Or Uber, they just fired their human resources woman. Oh, really? Did you read about that? No, yeah, that's for another topic. <laughs> but it's wild. Um, so this is great. I want to ask you a question that we ask all our guests. Mm-hmm. So, what do you define as being a woman or womanhood? Um, 
So for me, as a white lady, this is um, true. You are of a paler pigmentation. <laughs> um, I think that it's really important to be like open and like recognize that womanhood does not look like me. <laughs> um, and there's so many different types of womanhood. I think womanhood is really whatever you decide it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because of how society has forced us to be, I think womanhood can be much more open and accepting, like you were talking about, in terms of like the women here being more supportive than men in many ways. And I think that that is like a trait that like women have been like forced into. Yeah. But it's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> and no, I it's think it's totally a good trait. Like I really support that. <laughs> um, and so I think that like knowing that like we have each other's backs in a certain mm-hmm. way and like making sure as a white woman that I like <laughs> acknowledge that that means everyone's back. For me, yeah. that's what womanhood is. It's like acknowledging the full extent of what that is, whoever you are. If you want to be a woman, then you can be a woman. <laughs> No, that's a good answer. Thank you. So people out there listening, we are going to take a very short, short break and be right back. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, Once again, I'm your host and I'm here with Maggie. And you guys can see it obviously because this is an audio recording. Maggie literally pulled up her sleeves <laughs> so we can talk for our next segment because she has a lot of feelings. <laughs> um, so for our segment this week, we're going to be doing Shiro's and Zeros, which is a segment that we haven't done for a while, but uh, talking about our hero for this week. Um, and some, it's a woman that has just been killing it in the lady game and our zeros, as the name would imply, is someone who has not been killing it for females, male, female, anything in between. Um, they just, in a way, have not supported us as ladies. So, Maggie just crossed her arms again. Man, I honestly just wish I was videotaping this because it's wild. Um, so, we are going to start with our zero for this week because Maggie has feelings. <laughs> And then we'll end on a high note talking about our Shiro. So our zero for this week is Justice Kennedy. So that you could hear that disapproval (laughs) in Maggie's voice. So if you guys don't know, um, Justice Kennedy recently retired, um, recently announced his retirement, which will leave a Supreme Court seat open and up for nomination. And it's particularly wild because... He was considered the swing vote in a lot of more of the progressive bills. And this is particularly a really, really big open seat for women right now because the fear of um, the the current administration appointing someone who will overturn um, statutes such as Roe v. Wade or other progressive statutes that have been in place uh, to help women and will set a precedent that will allow other cases um, to be overturned and it will start retroactive laws. Um, I think, I think that use, is that the term retroactive laws or I'm, I'm using the wrong term. Um, for the state laws of about abortion. Yeah. There's like a trigger, trigger laws. Trigger laws. So yeah. it will set trigger laws, which if you don't know what trigger laws are, basically say like a statute, um, like a bill like Roe v. Wade gets overturned, it automatically will trigger 
other laws in states and it will not be good for women. So Maggie, (laughs) take the floor because you have so many feelings. So I have a lot of feelings. Um, I think that I'm really frustrated. (laughs) Are you? Um, And I can tell when the sleeve started coming up. So I feel like we've all been focused on Ginsburg as like, we just got to keep this lady healthy. <laughs> um, we just got to keep her kicking for like another few years. Literally my favorite meme is like, I'm sending all of my vitamin E oil, <laughs> fish oil pills and like everything to this Ginsburg. <laughs> it was wild. On um, the Pod Save America podcast and the love it or leave it job. Yeah. that's always like poor Ginsburg thought she was going to be like eating hamburgers in Jamaica now. And she's, <laughs> Not she's drinking green juice and green juice and eating kale salads. Like she has she to has to, um, and working out. You know, however many times a week that because that woman is old. Yeah, like God bless her, but that woman is old. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but so like I guess there was just I mean maybe people who are more into the Supreme Court than I <laughs> were like thinking about Kennedy being an awful person <laughs> and deciding to retire. So I looked it up. He. Sworn in a month after I was born. (laughs) So he's been there for a while. Um, But what's just particularly frustrating is that, like, in this climate, like, how could you not see that, like, this has incredible repercussions? Mm -hmm. And, like, particularly being someone who's, like, very into reproductive health, reproductive justice, um, myself, like, it's... You're saying you're into reproductive Yes, yes. okay. Not Kennedy. He's clearly not into it. (laughs) I feel like we're giving a wrong image of who he is. Yeah, like it. Myself, being someone who's into it, like, I just, recognizing that you're the one vote on this group of people who is keeping that alive. And, like, I was listening to another podcast recently where they were talking about this and, like, the repercussions of having someone, um, Nominated to replace him, who's, like, anti-Roe v. Wade or wants yeah. to overturn it, um, who, as Kavanaugh is, who has been, a, like... Uh, Brett, the fact that Brett. my rights can be taken away by my a man, man, <laughs> man named Brett, who just sounds like he thinks funneling beer at every frat party is cool. Like, that's <laughs> what he sounds like. I'm not ashamed to say it, because that's what he sounds like. Anyway, continue. No. He, so, like, he is incredibly, like, against abortion personally he in the podcast i had listened to recently they mentioned that like when he was being um i think going through his nomination for a appeals court yeah like um, state level yeah he had like said that he would accept precedent but like you know they made the point that like that doesn't matter for like us like a lower level court like yeah will he when he's a Supreme Court justice? And, like, I I just don't see it happening. And there's already that um, uh, law in Ohio, or not Ohio, Iowa, that had, was, like, a direct, like, try to challenge Roe v. Wade. Yeah. They, like, they, I think they banned abortions after, like, six weeks or something like Which that. Which is wild because you don't, listen, man, Most your period could just be late. Like, yeah. at that point, like, none of us <laughs> Yeah, and it's like, it's a direct, like, try to challenge it, Mm -hmm. and so it feels like, with Kennedy leaving, it's like, he's just, like, giving up, and I think, so I pulled up this, too, because I really liked this quote from Bob Casey, Mm -hmm. 
Um, because it's not just abortion either. Yeah. Like every law that had some sort of like potential to go right, Kennedy was able to, or Kennedy was like the swing vote that yeah. like kept it more left. And so Bob Casey said, like, in a nation of over 700 sitting federal judges, um, it is outrageous that President Trump will nominate from a list of just 25 dictated to him from the Heritage Foundation. Mm-hmm. This list is the bidding of corporate special interests hell-bent on handing health care over to insurance, insurance companies, crushing unions that represent working men and women, and promoting policies that will leave the middle class further behind. Any judge on this list is the fruit of a corrupt process straight from the D.C. swamp. Which, I mean is incredibly true. Like, and I think that it's just so mind boggling for me as a 30 year old woman growing up my entire life, thinking that this right, this access to a healthcare medical procedure mm-hmm. was something that was just going to be a given. And is now something that I might have to like fight for that. Like, yeah. and again, like I probably would always be able to access that procedure in a, healthy way because yeah. you know like I I mean my mom is you know women's <laughs> health professional like she's not trained in the procedure I'm sure she could do it if she needed to in emergency <laughs> oh lord oh, no <laughs> but like but no like it's just you know like it's just mind-boggling like I went to grad school in Costa Rica and in mm-hmm. Costa Rica has some of the strictest laws against abortion and you know like I brought in like the morning after pill, like I brought in a whole bunch of those so that like people could have access to those because they were illegal in the country. And like while I was in Costa Rica, multiple friends of mine got pregnant and like not for, you know, they both had been using birth control and it failed. And like they had to fly out of the country to get access to that care. And like, that's not something that like we in the United States of America, where this has been something, it's not like it was a, you know, in Costa Rica, it was like a right that they had and it was taken away. This is something that's like we've had for mm-hmm. many years and it's, you know, going back is not an option. So I, I completely agree. I feel like this, I feel like when we talk about women's health, we've, we've talked about this on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. Um, in our first episode, we talked about Ireland and yeah. <clears throat> I, I have said, you know, like, I'm not, I'm not pro-abortion. I'm pro-life in the sense that everybody who is born Mm -hmm. should have a right to a happy and healthy life. And if you know that you can't provide that, Mm -hmm. why are we going to force you to have a child? And I feel like we need to start talking about a system that's in place that forces you to have a child that you can't care for, nor do you maybe not want Mm -hmm. But yet, when that child is born, we don't give it access to resources. And so I think that's honestly, I can understand this argument more Mm -hmm. of taking away abortion if it it meant that you were going to put programs in place for women, for prenatal care and post-care, because postpartum is real. Like, Mm -hmm. post-depression after having a baby is very real. Women still die giving birth. Serena Williams Mm-hmm. almost so died yeah. yeah she was so close and this is a woman who has a lot of money also she's in in shape <laughs> yeah. you know her homies like still winning things at Wimbledon right now so like if someone like her can still be complicated in this process of giving birth what's to stop that from a single black female yeah. who doesn't have a support system in place 
to not have those same problems. And then we're going to put these children in foster care systems Mm -hmm. that our foster care system is already overpopulated, overcrowded. Don't tell me we can release a kid at 18. Listen, I'm still a child and call my mom almost every day. Okay. So, and I am not 18. (laughs) So what makes you think that someone who's been in that system their entire life, like, you know, like all of these procedures, I feel like we don't have the right to tell women what they can do. with their bodies and I feel like there's this idea that women use abortion as this like overarching way of like birth control yeah which is just not true right at all yeah and because I've I've been in the same place like I not that I've gotten abortion but like Mm -hmm. I I have a friend Mm -hmm. that um went through that and I and it's and she's someone who like loves kids Mm -hmm. you know and she wants kids like that and I was like that is the woman that is a lot of times going through that this person but she couldn't do it yeah in college have no money don't have any support you know you can't you can't do that and honestly that we need to talk about sexual health in schools yeah for sure and I'm I'm just so pissed because this man doesn't realize like what he's done and it's it's hard to say because it's like he wants to retire he's probably he's been there for 30 years <laughs> you know what I mean like I get I totally understand that in the sense of like I've been working for many moons <laughs> I am old I got grandbabies I never see yeah and and it's hard but at the same time it's like dude in this moment is it really the time or yeah. I don't I don't even know how like if he can like appoint his like this is my replacement Bobby um like yeah. kind of thing. it's just hard or or even the lack of care that this administration shows for women in the sense of like they won't even wait till the election so we can have like a fresh yeah start and then we can try and nominate someone is just so baffling yeah. to me. It's like, dude, you have to realize that your actions, just as my actions or your actions or anybody that is going to influence somebody else. Yeah. And it's and it's wild to me that this very conservative side likes to pretend that they are always one having protected sex or waiting till they're married to have sex or have not paid for an abortion. Right. Cause you know you people don't act like you don't know what you be doing. How many of those senators, it's like, come out that they've, like, paid their mistresses to go have abortions, you know? Or, like, like they abuse their, are, their secretaries, their interns, you know, into sexual relationships yeah. while being married. We heard about it so many times, like, yeah. and it's wild to me that they have the audacity yeah. to be like, abortion is wrong. And I'm not, and this is coming from someone who doesn't necessarily support abortion, but I support women. Yeah. And I feel like that right now is this hard concept to grasp mm-hmm. for like a lot of people that when mm-hmm. you say like, I don't, I don't want to take away women's right to choose, mm-hmm. but I don't like abortion. It's like a yeah. very complicated. It's like a, it's personal. Like for yeah. you, it's not something that like, it's a personal thing. Like yeah. you're not going to have an abortion. Like, or yeah. you know, like even if you do, like it's, but it's like a choice. It's a choice. And I think that yeah. that's like, yeah, that's the biggest thing I think. For me, it's, like, you know, changing this conversation from it being something that's, like, you know, this big, bad, awful thing to, like, something that one in four women have in their lifetime. You know, like, one in four women will get an abortion. And, like, between the ages of, like, 18 and 45 or something like that. And, like, I think it's just really 
the stigma around it and like this idea that like women who have them aren't happy that they had them, that they live with this like, you know, guilt or whatever forever is not true. Like, you know, my friends are like, they're like, I'm so happy that I have, like, I don't want a kid, you know, like, I think that like having a kid shouldn't be the punishment that you get for having sex. Like, you know, like, no, cause I feel like that is a very strong, strong punishment. Yeah. And I feel like in a weird way, while this is something that so many women go through for me, I'm like, isn't it sad that so many women have to go through this because we don't have adequate birth control. We don't have adequate teachings on how to use birth control. And like in many, in many countries, countries, sorry, we live in a, we live in a country, sorry, (laughs) in many States, abstinence only programs Mm -hmm. are still being taught. I, I, I had an abstinence only education in Florida I was, my education for sex came from the Be The One Club, where they wanted to, everyone sign a piece of paper at the end of it saying that they weren't going to have sex until they got married, which is just mind-boggling <laughs> that in, when was that, 20, oh, 204, <laughs> 2004, um, that was still, like, acceptable, that, like, that was supposed to, like, teach me how to be, like, a safe, responsible adult. When, like, half the people in that class were having sex. Like, you know? like It's so, it's so, so true. Like, I, re- I remember being in middle school and girls were getting pregnant. I remember one girl did a coat hanger abortion in my school. Like, these are very real, real things. And the fact that we aren't talking about them enough because you're not going to prevent abortion from happening. You're just going to prevent safe abortion. So you're going to see, you're probably going to see a higher spike in pregnancies, a higher spike in um, kids in the foster care system and just like all around just bad things. Like I don't, I don't see this being a positive. You're going to see more people needing to be on welfare than already are. Mm -hmm. And which is something like our country just cannot support. We don't have the funds for it. We're as stretched thin as it is. And it's like, and you don't want to raise taxes because like, here's the thing personally for me, like I feel like I would totally pay more taxes if that meant everybody could get healthcare. Cause like we are also the only modern Western nation that doesn't have some type of universal care that we can offer to or like some good system in place mm-hmm. for people who can't afford it. And we want to take that away. Cause that's like a new thing that they want to do now. All of a sudden, I mean, they tried it before, but like, well, and like with somebody new on the Supreme court, it's like very real and possible. Yeah, because they're talking about that, about bringing that also back up to appeals to make it unconstitutional, which is just like, guys, like, no, <sighs> just no, like, let me get my shots. Yeah. <laughs> let me get my medications. Let me be able to go to the doctor for this, like, laryngitis moment I'm having right now. Like, let me be able to do those things. And it furthermore, like, being a woman is going to become a pre-existing condition, which will make it even harder for us to get health care. And it's like, I need you to fix those things before you come at me with the, we need to stop abortion nonsense. Because I think it's complete nonsense. And, like, what gives you the right to tell me what I can do with my body? And also, why is Viagra not illegal? Yeah, for, yeah. <laughs> that's what I also need to know because don't act like you men out there yeah. <laughs> ain't popping pills from CVS. Like I, 
that whole the whole thing to me is just wild and what about rape victims victims sexual assault like are we going to tell them now that they have to have their children yeah like that and and not saying that they're the only kids because it is someone who are very happy to like i couldn't have done a kid i don't want that like that is not me and like i think to put that onus on a woman because it's always put on a woman yeah there's no you know what i mean mm-hmm. to like your body changes in the course of nine months you have to have a child you have to grow a child you poop and you pee all the time <laughs> like it's a process your yeah. feet swell you gotta buy a completely new wardrobe <laughs> like i just feel like that is a lot to put on women and women alone who don't have necessarily a supporting family behind them or or, or a support system in general Right. Yeah. Well, and I think too, like it's, it's, it's not just those nine months, right? Like yeah. it's, it's then, you know, 20 some years, you know, at this point, <laughs> most of us aren't out there on our own at 18 anymore. So it's, it's a, when are we never. <laughs> um, so it's, it's, and there is no responsibility that is like immediately tied to the father, you know, like a lot of dads step up, but like, there's no like this is gonna come out of your body and then be given to you <laughs> like you like take care of it. yeah like you can walk away at any time as a man um unfortunately and so like and I, as a mother too like some mothers do and that that's because they're forced into situations you and know they don't like, want to be in yeah or like even like you know <laughs> but I think it's just I think it's just a shitty time <laughs> right now in terms of trying to navigate this system of like these were things that I thought were like givens and like as a white woman like I think it's been uh you know an eye-opening time where like things were like assumed that are not anymore and I feel like it's weird I um in another interview I did with a friend we were talking about you know our progressive white friends Mm -hmm. and and talking about how it's like just because you say you're progressive doesn't mean you are and Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that you know, that gives you a blank pass for everything. And so this time and space that we're in right now, I think it's it's so funny to me because I feel like there are a lot of white people, like, or, you know, people that may not have had to deal with these issues before, mm-hmm. kind of being like, oh, shoot, things are really hitting the fan. It's like, okay, here's the thing. I've been known they were hitting the fan, and I try to tell y'all, like, and I think I think that's the thing because I, I remember when this administration got elected, uh, there was a lot of really funny memes that came out that were like black people over here sipping tea because we all knew, <laughs> and it's true, but it's yeah. so true yeah. because like we knew that America was this petty, like we knew from long time, and I mean, and people of color also knew that America was this petty, and so it's crazy. It's like okay, now they're starting to like encroach in on my life and what I feel and it's like we should start caring but it's like it's literally been like Latino women black women Asian women who have been like fighting for that for so long now yeah and it's like now y'all just want to kind of join the fight which not saying like everybody is that way but it's but it's like this has been decades in the making yeah because we've allowed Mm -hmm. it to get this far you know what I mean so it's like this is a shock but it also shouldn't be that much of a shock because if you look at the last like 30 years you know what I mean Mm -hmm. it's like you I mean the beginning of the United States like we should look at that and be like I think it's important 
to look at it globally too. Like there is this incredible global backlash. And like from the work that I've done, like in the last year, it's like these women that I've talked to who are like gender equality advocates and like these, you know, countries all over the world. It's a, it's a global backlash. There's in all of these different countries, these rights are being, you know, cut and like civil society organizations are being more harshly restricted and monitored. And like, I think it's, you know, these women who I had as professors at my school who have were like there when they drafted like, like at the Beijing conference in 95 and like everything that happened way before that too, they are like, they're like, no, like this is, things aren't getting better. Like, because things got better for a little while, now they're getting worse again. And, like, there's this backlash that's happening. And I think, like, this year was the first time that, like, the date at which we reached gender equality was, like, moved backwards instead of forwards. So it's now, like, supposed to be in 270 years instead of 217 and that's from, like, this gender indexing forum, mm-hmm. um, which is more, like, economic stuff. But, like, I think that that's, like, really a clear indication of, like, where we're at. <laughs> and, like, not just in the United States, but, like, globally. And looking at, like, this is, like, going back to my feminist network, like, this is, like, a real global issue <laughs> that we need to, like, address. So, man, who knew one man's <laughs> retirement could spark a global crisis. <laughs> That's basically what this comes down to. We want to end on a high note because that was so much for our spirit. Um, that was a lot for my spirit. You rolled up your sleeves. Like, I don't know what to do. Does that mean I got five seconds? Anyway. Um, so we want to talk about our hero, which is our Shiro, sorry, uh, for this week, which is Jacinda Arden. So she is the prime minister of New Zealand, and she just gave birth um, within the past, like, week or so, right? Yeah, week or so. Um, And I really admire her. (laughs) So she has, um, she's just given birth. She is not married. She has a partner. um, And she's going to take maternity, maternity leave so and she's also like the second western woman to give birth in office mm-hmm. um yeah i think that's wild <laughs> and like the fact that so honestly when i was looking through all those articles a big thing was the fact that she was going on maternity leave <laughs> like everyone is like baffled that this woman is taking some time yeah. <laughs> yeah well i think it's i mean it's like with tammy duckworth who gave birth mm-hmm. um recently here in the United States, like there's like this assumption that like, because you're like a political appointee or whatever that like you're not going to, but it's like everybody needs time with their baby. Like, right. Like because it's a baby. (laughs) So I think it's, I mean, it's just super cool. I think to see the sort of like ability of women to like take these, you know, roles and like make them something that isn't, fit into like this masculine structure that like they've been forced into for so long Mm -hmm. I think that that is like for me that's what is like the most exciting about it is like seeing her like changing the paradigm in a lot of ways and like challenging like yeah I'm the youngest you know woman like leader in the world and like I'm gonna have a baby because 
that's what I want to do right now. And I'm going to still run this country like an incredible person because she has some pretty awesome ideas too. <laughs> no, she does yeah. like uh, talking about like giving more in paychecks for, for families. And also if you're on maternity leave and, and I think that, I mean, she, she started her career like that too, mm-hmm. is the thing. Like she's part of the labor party. So she started her career in that very like progressive outlook. And I I don't know. To me, it's just like wild. Number one, that at 37, she's like one of the youngest, which is 37 is not old. But what it's sad is like 37 is the youngest. Yeah. <laughs> like you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's like there's incredible women out here who are like 30 years old, mm-hmm. you know, or like 25 years old and 18 years old, 18 years old like just yeah. killing it. And it's like, but to be in politics, we have to be like 85 year old men, which is wild. I don't know if you've ever seen like a map of like our Congress or Senate, but like the medium age is like fifties. And like, it's wild, it's really, which is yeah. insane. Cause you're, cause I remember reading this article and it was saying that like, they're not representing necessarily the majority age bracket of their no. districts. So, which to me is, hysterical because it's like you are supposed to be a representative of the populace of where you come from and it's like you don't represent that most people are younger than you which is which is just wild to me and I think she is just such a lovely example of womanhood what it means to be more than a pretty face and it doesn't seem like her and her partner plan on getting married anytime soon they're just like She's like, I know he's my person kind of thing. And and I think that's really radical, like yeah. in the sense that like I have to call this radical. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's, I think that's a good way to put it, that it's like, this shouldn't be like something strange. Like we should just be like, oh, great for her. She's had a baby. Like, and it shouldn't have to be this whole extra conversation about like, what does that mean for like, you know the world like you know like because it should just be something that's like normal because men have babies in office all the time or their partners have babies in office all the time and modern medicine has not gotten that far Um, and there's no like you know like shock and awe if they like yeah take time off but they don't also have to take time off like a lot of the time you know or they should but they don't and so I think it is like it's it shouldn't be as radical as it is but it's it's awesome to see too I'm wondering if, like, I haven't seen too much on this, but I'm wondering if, like, the whole shock of her taking maternity leave is coming from the fact of, like, she's not fit to run. Like, it will show, like, a sense of weakness that she has to take time off. And it's crazy because she just pushed a human out of her vajayjay (laughs) and, like, we're like, she should come back to work or it's going to be a sign of weakness. Listen, if I push something out of there... Listen, I get my I get my little cycle every month and it's rough. Okay, I can't imagine pushing a human out and being like, I'm gonna pop back to work. That's gonna take a, take a minute. <laughs> take a minute, I'll be back. Like that to me, I don't know. I think that's great. And like I think in other professions, we just kind of assume mm-hmm. that she like if you're a teacher, you know you're gonna but even those professions, like these women only get like six weeks. Yeah, in the United States, yeah. Yeah, which is bananas because like your baby's only going to be six weeks old you know and yeah. it's like you can't necessarily predict when your child I mean you know get a time but doesn't mean they're going to show up that day <laughs> and then you can start from there right. they may come early they may come later and it's like so how do you book that time yeah and how do you know like 
it's crazy to think that I'm leaving because I had a baby. Like, I I gave birth to this population. Yeah. <laughs> like you're going to see me as, like, not, a, like, having my job is not a priority anymore. Yeah. It was never my priority because I was probably married beforehand or I had, like, yeah. some type of part. Someone put this your baby in me. be your priority. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It was never the also. priority to begin with. Yeah. Like, there was somebody else that helped me. It takes two to tango. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, like, somebody help me help, else helped me have this child. They're probably going to be my main priority. Yeah. Either way. And so, I don't know why we don't put that onus on men. Like, all of a sudden, his intentions aren't compromised when he has a child. You know, we hand him a cigar and be like, hey. Slap him on the back. Yeah. Give him a little pat on the back and call it a day. Yeah. But, like, why don't women get that same... Yeah, so I have a whole bunch of friends who are having babies. I'm in that mm. stage of life. <laughs> Everyone's having babies in my life, which is great because I love babies. In I the world. love me a good baby. And I get to go smell one this weekend, and I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> that new baby smell. Oh my I god! I get to go smell a baby this weekend. <laughs> my uterus is gonna cry. Um, tears of joy. Um, so I, it's incredible to me talking to these women, these friends of mine, and hearing, like, you know, like, they're excited about their babies, but they're also, like, talking about, like, well, I have, you know, six pa- six weeks paid disability, because you have to take disability time. Which is not which a is, disability to have a Exactly. Like, it's guys. such a... The language is so upsetting. <laughs> um, it, like, they have to take disability time, and then they're like, but I've also saved up, like, X number of days in, like, mm-hmm. vacation, because I want to, like, take an extra month off, you know, with the baby and have it be paid. And, like, some people are, like, in the position where they can, like, say, like, and I'm going to take, like, even one more month and, like, not be paid, but have, like, have it be unpaid time off because, yeah. like, my partner can, like, cover Support that. Support us, the, yeah. But, like, and then I have another friend who, like, can't. And she just found out, too, that, like, she had gotten her job and got on insurance, but she wasn't on insurance long enough before she got pregnant for, to be covered for when she's um, t- when she has her baby. So she has to, like, do all this finagling in terms of, like, keeping her insurance coverage. And, like, it's upsetting. That's <laughs> like, wild. Like, she, she was... She had a job. She had, like, health insurance mm-hmm. and just got pregnant too quickly. Like, what does that even mean? So that's a whole other discussion. But, like, hearing the way that they have to talk about, like, balancing what it's going to be like for them to go back to work. And it's it's just, it's, like, upsetting because it's, like, these women, you know, like, mm-hmm. their job isn't their priority. But also, like, it's something that they want to keep doing. Yeah, it's you know? job. So it's, like having to, like, struggle with that. And, like, one of my friends had her baby, the one I get to smell, (laughs) Um, (laughs) recently. And she, um, you know, I think it's been, he'll be, like, three weeks old this weekend. Mm -hmm. And her husband's already back at work. He already had to go back to work just after the 4th of July. And that baby was less than two weeks old at that point. And it's, like, now she's stuck at home by herself with this newborn infant all day long. (laughs) And, like, she's, like happy as a clam right now she's like totally in like nirvana baby time which is awesome but like it's still hard it's still, still hard like you're still job. Not yeah. sleeping and like you know it's just 
Because I feel like the, this idea of, like, maternity leave is, like, you're getting this, like, break. <laughs> no. No one's sitting around, you like... You have a fresh human that can't do anything by itself. I gotta feed it and play with it and make sure it doesn't die. That is a lot. Make sure I don't die is a lot. Imagine, like, or a plant. I can barely keep a plant alive. I can't keep alive. And now... Oh, poor basil over there. He's <laughs> dying. Your basil plant is dying. And, like, and now you expect me after, like, to raise a human? Like, that's a lot. And also, childcare is crazy expensive. So I've seen a a lot of women who are just like I'm just gonna stay home yeah or I mean it's coming a little bit more common now for like if the woman makes work more mm-hmm. she'll go and work and the husband will stay home because yeah. I've seen that as well that's what my family did um but it's just why it's wild that you can't do that and like I've you know you see all these articles about millennials having kids later it's like well you don't give me time to have a child yeah and so it's like you have to save money basically to have a child which is which is good like you shouldn't be dirt poor when you have a baby but like it can just happen like you know what I mean like if you get married or if you're not married but you know you and your partner like want kids it should just be something that you can like do or if it happens you're happy about it and you don't have to like freak out that like this is a yeah this is a problem like because I'm gonna have to go to doctor's appointments or I'm gonna have to you know take late days at work because of those or like or whatever that means and it's like all of this plays into you having a child and it and it's crazy since we come from a society that so desperately wants us to have all these children (laughs) and they're forcing us to and yet you don't give me the resources or the support to have such help which I want by the way now we got down a negative road I was trying to end (laughs) on a high note dang it um but that's why I really like Jacinda because yeah from what I can tell she's kind of just like yeah like I'm having a baby so like I gotta go and I'm gonna take my time I'm gonna take my time like it's not I I like the approach and the way in which she does it is like no but this is like what you do like when you have a child you just you take some time and like she's reclaiming her time yeah she's Maxine oh my gosh I can't (laughs) but she is like she's and I read that like her partner's gonna stay home with the baby longer so she can go back to work because like being a prime minister is a very real job. Like, you know, I'm not sitting out here. That might be a priority. Yeah. Like you, I'm not saying you should be out for 10 months. Like I'm going to take a year off. Cause you know, like some of them are like, okay, I'm going to take a year off. And like, you can't do that as a prime minister. I, I don't know what their situation in New Zealand is, but I feel like you can't do that. Um, but, but it's awesome that he's like willing to take a little bit of time off. So somebody is, it's a good role model. It is. Men. And it's like, Jacinda stands as like a model to be like, no, like say like I had a baby, this is what I have to do. And hopefully it will like, you know, if we enough of us rise up uh, (laughs) from the ashes, like a Phoenix and are like, no, like I had a baby, this is what I have to do. Hopefully it will change that narrative. Yeah. I think it is a good step forward and like challenging with the current system and the way it is. And like, and it being so public too Mm -hmm. is just delightful. I really, really love it. So thank you, Maggie, so much. This is fun. You. This was great. Yeah. It was a good conversation. Yeah, it was a good conversation. <laughs> That's what we like, having good conversations. <laughs> so thank you, everybody out there, for listening. This was super fun. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Bye. Bye. Hey, we'd like to thank you for listening to More Than a Pretty Face. This show was produced and written by Natalia and Grace Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at PrettyFaceLady3. And you can find us on Facebook at More Than a Pretty Face. 
If you would like to send any questions, comments, concerns, if you know anybody that would be on the show, or if you'd like to be on the show, or if you would like to sponsor our show, because we're trying to sell out real quick, please email us at prettyfacewomen at mtapfpodcast.com. All right, you'll hear from us soon.